the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Joined by former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. Good morning, Governor. It's always good to talk to you. Great to talk to you, Hugh. Good morning. Good morning. Now, you're younger than I am. I got married in 1982. You got married in 86 to Mary Pat. But I bought my first house in 1985, and the interest rate was 12.5%. I don't know when you and Mary Pat bought your first house, but was it during the inflation years? Did you have to pay some ridiculous amount of money for it? We paid. We bought our first house to you in, uh, in 1989. And so we weren't paying quite as high as you were in 85, um, but we still were paying interest rates that people now would blanch at. Well, I bring it up because I've started to use the hashtag Biden inflation. I don't think most Americans know what inflation does to people. Do you? Uh, I do and and live through that. Remember, I, as you did, I lived through those Jimmy Carter years when inflation was double digit. And it was uh, it, and he came up with what he called the misery index to try to hit Jerry Ford back in the 70s on, on that combination of, uh, of inflation and, and unemployment. Um, and the misery index became epic under Jimmy Carter. And inflation um, just eats away. You're working hard every day, and it's like you're going on a treadmill that you're falling off of. That's what inflation really is like. You keep running harder, but the treadmill keeps going even faster, and you keep falling off the back of it. Now, do you think there's any chance that President Biden will reassess the request for $4 trillion more? That's like throwing fuel on a barbecue. It's crazy. I don't think he'll reassess it, but he may be forced to to not get what he wants if folks like Joe Manchin and, and others say to him, this is ridiculous. And when you look at the amount of money that the Fed is putting into this economy and continues to, and you add to it that level of, of spending, there's no question in my mind we're going to see inflation. And that is crippling, especially to young people who are trying to buy a new home who are trying to move ahead in life, buy a car, buy a home, um, get some things in their lives that help them move up the ladder. Um, Inflation will be crippling. You're right. Most people don't know about it because since Ronald Reagan, we've had it relatively under control. Uh, But that doesn't mean it's a forever thing. And Joe Biden is driving us to that. Uh, Governor Christie, I have um, coming up after you, Neil Ferguson, the historian uh, with few equals out there, has written a new book, Doom, the Politics of Catastrophe, which is a must-read he began his career on the Vimeo inflation, and people really don't know. When it takes off, it takes off. It kills people, especially seniors. Oh, oh listen, there's no question. You, and and you know, you're, it's a very good point. It's people at both ends of the age spectrum, right? It's those who are just starting their career and haven't yet gotten going on in terms of driving their own ability to make more money. And then it's seniors who are on a fixed income, who have saved a certain amount of money for their retirement, or are living purely off Social Security um, and have no way for inflation to keep up with, uh, or their income rather, to keep up with inflation. It, it is a crippling thing. 
And I urge anybody who doubts it to go back and look at some of those news reports from the, the late 1970s to see what it was like under Jimmy Carter and how people couldn't afford the basics of groceries and other things that they needed because their salary was being eaten alive by inflation. Now, I want to switch over to a political story. I had Glenn Youngkin on earlier. I endorsed uh, Glenn Youngkin throughout the Virginia campaign because I'm a Virginian. We need common sense conservatism in this state. He is running against a red governor. That is, it. you know, he's got term limit out, Ralph Northam, but Terry McAuliffe is coming back. It reminds me so much of your 2009 race, the first year of a Democratic president. You ran against John Corzine, who's a, you know, a really rich guy who's an incumbent with the machine behind him. What's your advice to Youngkin on beating an entrenched Democratic machine in a red, in a blue state, and Virginia is a blue state now, with an incumbent Democratic president? What do you do? You first have to disqualify the, uh, the Democrat as an acceptable alternative based upon their record and the circumstances of what's going on in the country. Now, remember, um, I was in much worse shape than, than Glenn would be um, in his race because Barack Obama had just won a big victory in 2008 over John McCain. Um, and, was, and it was being argued that the Democratic Party under Obama had now changed the politics of the country completely. Um, and when, uh, you know, the election happened, Barack Obama came in the last weekend and was significantly more popular than Joe Biden is now or ever will be, I suspect. <clears throat> so you have to go right, you have to forget about the national politics, go right after the Democrat as an unacceptable alternative, disqualify, put doubts in the mind of the voter, and then you stand up as the reasonable, sensible right of center alternative. That's interesting. Now, I know Terry McAuliffe, and you probably do as well. In fact, Terry used to come on this show. I want to play for you a clip of Terry when he was on this show a few years back, when he was just being Terry. Here's Terry McAuliffe. I'm Terry McAuliffe, and you should listen to the Hugh Hewitt Show every single day, the greatest radio show in the United States of America. Now, Terry McAuliffe did stuff like that forever. You know, he's a Paul. He's also very rich, and he's very Clinton-esque. How do you beat Terry specifically? Well, look, it's going to depend on what kind of race Terry runs right now. Is Terry going to stay the Terry that we know? If he is, he's harder to beat. But I suspect that Terry, because he's got a primary as well, is going to have to move towards the left the way this party is moving towards the left because of the challengers he has. And when he does that, that's going to give you the opening to be able to beat him. Interesting. What about this? You know, in in Virginia, the schools have gone nuts. They've they've actually publicly said there will be no more advanced classes for math for anyone not in the eleventh grade or the twelfth grade. It's it's crazy. You ran against the schools. You think Youngkin should run against the school bureaucracy as well? It is the single most important issue in this country right now, and Republicans are not spending enough time talking about it. The teachers' union has taken over the White House. They've taken over the White House. Jill Biden has said that Randy Weingarten will always have a seat at the table and she'll make sure of it. And when you look at what Joe Biden has done, breaking his promise to have all children back in the classroom within 100 days of his presidency, he's not even guaranteeing they'll all be back in the classroom next September. This is about the comfort of adults and not about the challenges of children. And they are ruining child education, Hugh. From kindergarten on up, we are not going to understand the ramifications of what's happened by not reopening all the classrooms last September because the teachers' union doesn't want their members to go back to work because they're trying to justify their own million-dollar-plus salaries with benefits. 
I happen to have a clip of Randy Weingarten, who was on Fox with Martha McCallum yesterday. Cut number 15 for Governor Christie. But that's why you have to still have some mitigation, because it's only emergency use vaccination right now. But I would hope that Fox would do what everybody else in public health is doing, which is we have to get our kids vaccinated once the vaccination is okay. I would hope Fox says to all these people that don't want the vaccines, that think there's a problem, Mm -hmm. why don't you and I do things together to get our kids back to school? This is what we need to do. We have to stop the misinformation. We have to stop the disinformation. So there you hear Randy Weingarten attacking Fox and moving the goal line to all kids being vaccinated, Governor Christie. Yeah, of course. But there's no scientific evidence that supports the idea that kids need to be vaccinated in order for classrooms to be safe. In fact, the science is the exact opposite. Now, parents can make their own decisions about whether they want their children to be vaccinated based upon the public health information, um, and they should make those decisions. But it should have nothing to do with whether they're going to go back to school or not, because we've seen the studies, huge public health studies. And by the way, the CDC was about to say this until the uh, AFT, the American Federation of Teachers, and Randy Weingarten became their thought partner at the instruction of the White House. And then all of a sudden, it wasn't safe to go back to school. We've seen studies of 90,000-plus students and teachers in North Carolina that showed you were much more likely, 12 times more likely, to catch COVID outside the school building than you were inside the school building. She's moving the goalposts because she wants to go back to her members and say, see, I got you out of having to be in the classroom for another year. That's what she's looking to do, Hugh, and that's what moving the goalposts on children's vaccination is because she'll want it to go all the way down to kindergartners at five and six years old. All right, now, Governor, i got to move to a difficult subject because you're a U.S. attorney, former U.S. attorney. Rudy Giuliani is your friend, former U.S. attorney. But the current U.S. attorney has gone and raided his home and his office. How much trouble is Rudy Giuliani in? Well, look, the answer is we don't know. Um, But what I would say is this. It is a very high bar, usually, um, to get a search warrant for an attorney's home, an attorney of any kind, um, an attorney's home and office. Um, and certainly, I think a former attorney for the president of the United States, former president of the United States, it would be even a higher bar. So that raises concerns. But um, I hope what we have here um, is not something where Rudy's going to be in big trouble because he is a friend of mine and someone who I have great respect for over the years. And I hope that no one will jump to conclusions about it. Uh, we have to see what the evidence is. But I will admit to you that it was something that I very, very rarely did, I think once or twice during my seven years as U.S. attorney, because you have to have such respect for the attorney-client privilege and protecting those secrets. Now, given that he is the former president's attorney, do you think Donald Trump is out of the woods with the United States Southern District of New York, which everyone knows from billionaires and and every other you know crime show ever? Well, we call them, you know, inside the Justice Department when I was there, we used to call them the Sovereign District of New York, Hugh, because they thought they were above everybody else <laughs> at the Justice Department. So I would say no one should jump to any conclusions about anything that the Southern District of New York may or may not do and what the evidence may or may not show over time. So, no, I don't think anybody should jump to any conclusions on on that either way. You shouldn't say that former President Trump's out of the woods or that he's guilty of anything. Um, This is the way our justice system works, and hopefully there are not going to be leaks 
that indicate one thing or another because that's just wrong because you hurt the reputations of people who are public figures in a way that you should never put that toothpaste back in the tube. With ongoing investigation, last question, Governor Christie, what is your advice to Rudy and to former President Trump about appearing on television in any circumstance to be asked any questions? I would avoid it. If I were their lawyer, I would tell all of them to keep quiet and not do anything that can help the government make a case against you. Um, And that's just the basics of criminal defense law. Uh, And it's more difficult for public figures like Mayor Giuliani or President Trump. But first and foremost, if I were their lawyer, and that's the basis you're asking me the question, I would tell them my job first and foremost is to prevent you from ever being charged with anything. And to do that, the best way to do that is to keep quiet, go out to dinner, go play some golf, and stay off the TV. Have you told President Trump that yet? I have not, because I'm not his lawyer, so I don't want to presume to be his lawyer. If I was his lawyer, though, that's exactly what I would tell him, Hugh. But knowing the president, as I do for 20 years, I doubt he'd listen. (laughs) Well, Governor Christie, always good to talk to you. Thank you, Governor. Hope Glenn Young can listen to that interview as well. I will talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Dan Proft for townhall.com. At the end of his life in 2015, commenting on the state of religious liberty, Archbishop of Chicago, Francis Cardinal George, said, I expect to die in my bed. My successor will die in prison, and his successor will die a martyr in the public square. His successor will pick up the shards of a ruined society and slowly help rebuild civilization, as the Church has done so often in human history. That sort of succession is in process. It took the U.S. Supreme Court to redress some of the more grievous and unconstitutional abuses of enthusiastic lockdown politicians during the pandemic. The rest of the West is in even worse shape. Recently, a longtime evangelical pastor in North London was arrested outside of a transit station for the crime of preaching a traditional understanding of men, women, and families with Genesis 1 as his text. Americans should be thankful for our First Amendment protections, thankful but not complacent. In our nation, private actors are doing well at limiting free expression. I'm Dan Proft. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu.